This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Tuesday the 11th of January. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Emily Wither. A court grants Novak Djokovic's release from an Australian detention hotel, but he might not still be free to play. We know that Scott Morrison has been saying rules are rules, and if Novak Djokovic is shown to be still in breach of the rules, it won't be easy for the government to say, well, we're not going to act. And the US calls the Nicaraguan presidential election a sham. Families and brothers from Nicaragua, let's swear our commitment to continue our battle to erase poverty, to erase hunger, to improve the lives of the families of Nicaragua. Times of London Daily World Briefing. This year's Australian Open is yet to begin, but the eyes of the world have been firmly fixed on the saga leading up to the event involving current champion Novak Djokovic. The world tennis number one was finally freed from detention at a quarantine hotel yesterday after a judge overturned the cancellation of his visa, meaning he may still play in the tournament. It's all because the player has refused to disclose his COVID vaccination status, with tournament officials saying that all competitors must be double-jabbed or be medically exempt from having the vaccine. Djokovic had been given a medical exemption, so travelled to Australia only for the government to attempt to deport him due to a backlash from residents and other players alike. Bernard Lagan is the Times of London's Australia correspondent. He told Times Radio another issue has now emerged that could give the government grounds to re-cancel his visa. There are reports here today that Novak Djokovic misled immigration authorities on his visa application when he said that he had not travelled anywhere outside Serbia in the 14 days he came to Australia. I'm sure Novak Djokovic will probably say, well, it was a simple mistake, But it may be enough for the government to have a new ground to cancel a visa. The public outcry for Djokovic to be refused his stay in the country comes after Australia faced some of the toughest COVID restrictions in the world. These people in Melbourne aren't happy. I'm appalled. The judges seem to have no understanding of public requirements in respect of Djokovic. Without knowing all the details on the surface of it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem to pass the sniff test. It looks like he's doing whatever he likes. We've had to go through vaccination protocols and lockdowns for such a long time and um, swans in and can pretty much do what he likes because he's the world's best tennis player. Following his release, Djokovic tweeted that he's pleased and grateful and that he remains focused on competing at the Australian Open on Monday. Novak's family have called on the Queen to step in and protect his human rights if needed. Here's his mother, Dejana. Novak isn't guilty of anything. He didn't do anything to have to face Australian laws. And yet he suffered such torture that we could see for ourselves. We are yet to hear, I imagine, about everything that he has been through. The Australian Open begins on Monday, the 17th of January. To Nicaragua, where the president is back for another five-year term following elections that the White House has called a sham. Daniel Ortega was sworn into office for the fourth time just hours after the US and EU imposed sanctions on several figures in his government. At his inauguration ceremony, the president was defiant, pointing the finger at the US. (laughs) 
telling his supporters that thousands of Americans pointed out that the elections had been stolen from Donald Trump, calling the protesters that stormed Congress last year political prisoners. Ortega won the November 7th poll after most of his political foes were jailed. That prompted widespread condemnation, including from the US President Joe Biden, who has called the election a pantomime and accused the former Marxist guerrilla of growing authoritarianism. Most Western and regional nations shunned his ceremony, though China, which recently established ties with the country, sent a delegation. On the way, we mark the passing of a great European. And in a medical first, an animal heart has saved a man's life in the US. Times of London Daily World Briefing. The humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan is worsening as the harsh winter sets in. Since the Taliban took control again, the economy has gone into freefall, crushed by sanctions. The withdrawal of foreign support and the collapse of the previous government has led to soaring unemployment, with many having to choose between feeding their families or heating their homes. Thousands can't do either. UNICEF estimates that one in two children under five will be acutely malnourished in 2022 due to the food crisis and poor sanctions. Today, the United Nations Refugee Agency has launched a joint plan for Afghanistan and the region. A fund for $4.4 billion is intended to scale up the delivery of food, health services, emergency shelter, water and sanitation. Samantha Mort is the chief of communication for UNICEF Afghanistan and has told Times Radio the loss of international funding since August has only exacerbated problems for the Afghanistan people. 56% of the, of the national budget was shored up with um, international funding. So with the loss of that, it's had a crippling effect across sectors such as education, um, health, social services. Um, and now, of course, we're having this very brutal winter. Because of the drought, we had a dry harvest. Um, so the food that people would normally rely on uh, to take them through the winter is, um, is running out. The world of politics has been sending its condolences to the family of the President of the European Parliament, David Sassoli, who passed away at the age of 65. His spokesperson announced that he died early this morning at a hospital in Aviano, Italy, where he'd been since the end of last month because of a serious complication due to a dysfunction of his immune system. Mr Sassoli had been struggling with poor health for months, but had continued to work. European Council President Charles Michel described Mr Sassoli as a sincere and passionate European. Member of European Parliament Paolo Bocchia said the news had left him stunned. Mr Sassoli led a three-decade career in journalism and became an MEP in 2009. He became president in 2019 with the role considered one of the bloc's top jobs and involves chairing sessions and overseeing the parliament's activities. A vote to elect his replacement had already been planned for later this month. Times of London Daily World Briefing. Sport. Now with news of one of motorsport's most famous names returning to racing, here's John Jackson. One of the most prestigious names in motorsport is returning to competitive racing in 2023. Maserati made their name in Formula One in the 1950s, 
with Argentine driver Juan Manuel Fangio winning the World Championship in 1957. The iconic brand is now returning to the track in the Formula E World Championship from next year, becoming the first Italian team to do so. Chief Executive Davide Grasso told reporters that Maserati has been working on an electric race car for a year now, and it sees a return to the racetrack for the first time since 2010, when Maserati competed in the GT1 Sports Car Championship. Formula E chairman Alejandro Agag said the announcement was probably one of the greatest days in the history of the championship. Times of London Daily World Briefing Entertainment It's one of the most popular American sitcoms in history. And now, after a 26-year hiatus, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is returning to our screens. But while the original series was very much like a comedy, it appears the reboot will be more like a dark drama. Produced by Will Smith himself, the new show follows a teenager from Philadelphia who was sent to Bel Air to live with relatives in the hope of pursuing a better future. This time we're trying to make you forget who you are and where you came from. The trailer was released on Monday and received mixed reviews from fans of the original. Although some say it seems to be neglecting what made the first sitcom so popular, others say it'll be interesting to see the series adopt a different tone. Titled Bel Air, the new show will premiere on Peacock later this year. And finally, organ donation saves millions of lives a year. But those organs won't usually come from a pig. A man in the US has become the first in the world to get a heart transplant from a genetically modified hog. The procedure was considered the last opportunity to save 55-year-old David Bennett's life after he was refused a human transplant due to his poor health. Dr Bartley Griffith completed the seven-hour operation in Baltimore. He's awake. He is um, recovering and speaking to his caregivers and um, we hope... uh, that uh, the recovery that he is having now will continue. Doctors at the University of Maryland Medical Center were granted a special dispensation by the US medical regulator to carry out the operation on the basis that Mr. Bennett would otherwise have died. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 11th of January. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. 